What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the podcast, Off the Track. We have a very special episode today. We got previous guest James Kermond, chairman of Athletics New South Wales, Matt Whitbread, and a fantastic photographer, Izzy Thornton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you might be wondering why we have such a star-studded guest today. Um, so, how did this happen? So, oh yeah, I had. Uh, I had a, it was a competition that you did maybe two months ago here, and Izzy took some photos of me, and I put that photo on Instagram, and then she messaged me, and we got talking, uh, went out to lunch, then told us about Matt, yeah. and yeah, she thought that she could get him on the podcast, and here we Ooh. are. <laughs> yeah. What a coop. It's yeah, all about so connections. I'm sure only half of it was true, so <laughs> yeah. the, the bad half. But I pulled out the 2008 New South Wales athletics gear. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell. Can you date this for us? It's pretty old. Yeah, I actually reckon uh, the the CEO of the company that made that is a very good friend of mine. So oh, really? You, if you look Ooh. at the back of that, there'll be an Alinta tag in the back. Oh, of that, shit. Which, uh, yeah. It's a pretty old, pretty old one. Well, I've got some retro stuff at home myself. Yeah. So. <laughs> How do you fit on that one, bro? Oh, it was way too big for me when I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good decision, though. So we brought James back on as a guest co-host because you you know Matt, right? You're yeah, we're quite tight, aren't we? Yeah, lately. No, James and I go back a long way. I remember James uh, running around um, in world junior teams and the like while I was a, a very young uh, administrator, both here at Bankstown and then at NSW. So no, I've watched James um, come up through his whole career. He's actually a life member of, of Little A's um, version of this club. And now he's a a board member of um, the sister organisation of mine. So James, I'm just elected to the board of Little A's New South Wales, and I'm obviously the chair of ANSW. So we do a bit of work together in that capacity as well now. How'd that come about? How'd you uh, come to be the chairman of Athletics New South Wales? Yeah, it's going back a while now. So um, when I was, uh, I've been running here at, at the Crest since I was about seven. My my dad brought me down here. Um, he was primarily a tennis player and a footy player um, and the footy team used to come and do the City to Surf once a year and for the, the two or three months leading into City to Surf they'd come here and do some um, running training to, to get fit for that um, and so I started coming down here when I was about seven and then we became more and more involved in the club and th things weren't going particularly well when I was um, about 17 at the club um, you know it was sort of it was going okay but there were a couple of issues and um, somebody managed to convince me to stand for vice president of the the athletics club here. Jeez, James, get the gear off. Oh man! Um, <laughs> cut to him for that one. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> cut to this camera. Absolutely. <laughs> it's got an idea. <laughs> Real quick. <laughs> do you, do you have any Nelly on that soundboard? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Of the blokes, he's the best put rig some, in the room. So. Put, some, put some Marvin Gaye on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, someone managed to convince me to stand for vice president and then there's a plane going over the airports yeah. over the road. So, um, and then a year later, my dad, Cole Whitbread, who a lot of people would know around these parts, uh, ended up standing for president. So we've been um, sort of part of the executive here since... Uh, then, so that would have been, what, 2008 or so? 2007, 2008? Yeah. Um, and then, uh, it's funny how things come full circle. We, one of our life members, Mike O'Mara, was on the board of Athletics New South Wales at the time. 
um, and was coming to the end of his term and thought that um, I might be somebody who could um, not take over from him, but you know, part of a, a new generation to come onto the New South Wales board. And he asked me to consider standing for that. And I was 22 at the time that I was Jeez. elected to the, the New South Wales board. And um, so I've been on there since 2013. And a bit earlier this year, I was elected chair of the board um, after a very good friend of mine, Peter Higgins, moved to the UK and, and vacated the chair. So. And then talking of things coming full circle, um, Mike, who first asked me to, to stand for the ANSW board um, about three months after I was elected chair this year, along with James and Joe Burgess, were elected to the Little A's New South Wales board. So um, Mike and I spent one year together on the ANSW board in 2013, and now we're back again on, on sister boards you know, almost 10 years later. So. That's awesome. What are some of the things um, the board decides on? Uh, what, what do you guys do? Yeah, so the board's um, primarily responsible for the overall strategic direction of the of the company is the best way to describe it, and the sport in, in So New the South company Wales. being athletics, athletics in New South Wales. Wales. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and I think this is a common uh, misconception of a lot of people in the sport is that, you know, p people will ring me up and um, you know I'm sure James and and others and you know uh, complain about the timetable at a particular meet or, you know, a, a lot of the sort of operational Not enough details, 400 hurdles races. <laughs> <Precisely>. <laughs> One more yeah. complaint. Put the hurdles up, you lazy bastard. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so you end up getting a lot of phone calls like that, which is understandable because people think, you know, we run the show and, yeah. and, you know, they should call us about that. And, you know, more than happy to take those calls. But we, a properly functioning board leaves those sorts of things to the staff and the chief executive. Um, and we are really responsible for the the long-term strategic vision of the of the sport so um, a properly functioning board which I, I like to think that I run um, spends its time not concerned with you know event grids or things mm. like that but more concerned with you know the, the overall um, big picture yeah and so I'd like to give you an example the the big things we're working on at the moment um, along with James and his board are that we're, we're looking um, to work with Little A's New South Wales to finally unify the two organisations in, in New South Wales in the same way they've just done in Western Australia. Um, it's the only sport I know of that has two governing bodies for the one sport um, in, you know, in its organisational structure. Yeah. And you know, we've seen over the years the, the problems that causes that, you know, and James can talk about this at length with his experience, that the number of kids he's seen go through little A's who are then lost to the sport between that 13 to 17 mm. age group because they don't have a senior club to go to or yeah. the, the fact that there is a divide at all mm. between little A's and, and you know what's colloquially referred to as seniors. So th those are the sorts of big picture issues we yeah. look to try to, to fix at, a, at an organisational level. And you know a lot of that is is very long and hard work and things don't happen overnight in the same way you can fix a timetable overnight. Yeah. yeah. But you know if you get that right then you really set the foundation for everything else to succeed yeah. and so yeah it, it's not particularly glamorous work a lot of the time but um <laughs> you know it's purpose someone's got to do it yeah. so, it's yeah. got a good purpose yeah so is this something you've been thinking about doing for a while like joining the board or not really how would you get into you it you know what i mean i uh, when it became available i thought it was something that would suit me and suit my you know i think whenever you can be a part of something like that and yeah. I think you know over the next few years 
the sport in this state is going to change. And, you know, I was hoping that with my experiences, you know, I'm able to, to help that. And, mm. You know, I think what Matt said, in terms of athletes, you know, I've seen just so many over the years um, get to 17, 18, and then it's like they just lose for some reason that, that I guess... Like the peak? I'm not sure of the, yeah. the word, but, but there's no... I'm playing, you know, yeah. like oh, there's yeah, no, yeah. a lot of athletes get the, lost. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah there's, there's no pathway and, and athletes get lost and, you know, you see athletes, you know, they start playing footy and, and, and stuff like that. And I feel like we need a bit of a pathway, as you said, to, to help athletes so they can see where they're... Like a I'm plan, like a step-by-step. Step. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you reach here and then you have like this step and you go and go and so you, you don't feel lost, like yeah. especially when you're young age or something like that, right? Yeah, and for, for um, some athletes, that um, pathway is very confusing and blocked and, you know, once you finish Little Asia, then got to sign with a seniors club and then, you know, it's... Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look at the, the fundamentals, like, you know, as James says, unless you're in a unified club already, which, you know, Bankstown now is, Campbelltown is, um, you have to, you do your little A's and then you have to find a senior club to join. So there's a, we talk about it as barriers, barriers yeah. to participation. Yeah. So there's a barrier in that you need to find a new club. You then need to join a new club. If you're in the transition age, you could have to be a member of two clubs. You then have to join ANSW separate to having joined Little A's in New South Wales, so you have to join a separate yeah. governing body. Okay. You have to do a separate state championship. So we have two under 14 New South Wales 100 metre champions <laughs> in this state. Well, a that's Little the A's thing. champion and an ANSW champion, which you know frequently is the same person, but sometimes is a different person, yeah. or the same person running for two different clubs. So you know it's when you start to break. You know we have different you know weight implements for a, a kid the same age but throwing in two different competitions. It's a different weight in Little O's to a different weight in ANSW. Mm. Um, you know, the, the, up until recently, we had different age group rules. So, you know, your age at ANSW was your age as at 31 December, or, you know, it was under 11s versus under 12s or whatever. Um, you know, ANSW went in two-year increments, Little O's went in one-year increments. And so all these things just make it confusing and difficult and needlessly so in my yeah, view yeah. that you know we want to make it as easy as possible for people to participate in the sport and right now there's just too many barriers it makes it hard yeah what are what are some other ideas you have to bridge that gap well the biggest thing we're working on is the unification mm. of the two bodies yeah. so and that's done on the state level too hey it's being done at all levels. So Athletic Australia and Little Athletic Australia have set out a plan where um, by October next year they want to unify AA and Little A's Australia. Um, Western Australia has just in the last couple of months unified mm. um, into a single body, Athletics West, that's now called. Um, pardon me. And work is well underway for um, you know, in other states, including in particular the ACT, for, for that um, merger to, to come together. So... If you do that, um, you then solve a lot of the operational problems because all of your staff are working for one organisation, so there's obviously synergy because they're all sitting in the same office. Um, you can then obviously have you know, a single membership platform mm. through the whole sport, a single event entry platform through the whole sport. You, when you sit down to do your calendar of state championship events at the start of the year, 
it's all happening in one office with one organisation, so we won't have two under 14 New yeah. South Wales 100 metre champions. So, you know, and obviously that's a big piece of work to do. I mean, James's company, Little A's New South Wales, has a balance sheet of about five or six million dollars. Um, ANSW has a balance sheet of, you know, well over a million dollars. And so, you know, we're talking about creating a joint company mm. that, you know, is a separate million dollar company. So there's a lot of corporate work, I would describe it as, that has to happen there. The, the legals that go behind that, the governance that goes behind that, the accounting processes. Yeah. There's a big cultural piece to make sure that nobody thinks of this as a takeover of one by the other. It's a merger of equals. So, And that's why I talk about a lot of it being unglamorous and, and you know, difficult because trawling through a you know, 120-page constitution of a, you know, of two companies merging together and the financial processes that happen with all that, you know, it's not um, it's not as much fun as calling the national championship on a commentary live stream, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, it's yeah. far more fun to do that. But you know the it the motivation to do it comes from the fact that you know it, James and I bring different skills and experiences to those roles. But you know I, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a lawyer in my day job, and so you know I have a particular skill set which suits part of that yep. process no, that's really um, good. you know james brings something else to the table which is the elite athlete mm. experience which i very clearly do not have <laughs> um, <laughs> well you're a race walker mate <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, most people do um, and so that's you know and what you want with the board and, and the tops at the top organizations of these companies is a group of people that all bring something different yeah. to the table. You want an accountant, you want a lawyer, you want a governance expert, you want a risk expert, you mm. want an elite athlete, you yeah. want a coach, you want a, someone that, you know, ticks all the boxes There's around There's a lot of pieces, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, as I think a lot of people come onto a board ex expecting it to be something different. I've seen, you know, and I went through this as well because we all love the sport and we all, um, you know, have ideas about ways to make it better. And you walk into the boardroom and think, oh, well, I really want to do this with the state championships. I really want to do this with Albie Thomas or whatever. But what you discover quite quickly is the boardroom isn't really the place for those conversations, <laughs> um, which can get quite frustrating because you, know, you, you really want to um, get in and, and, and fix details. But um, it, it's, it's a difficult process to, to go through the you know, long and, and arduous work of getting those structures right. But to look at the big picture, if you can make that happen, then you set the foundation for everything else to yeah. succeed. Mm. And so, you know, th those are the sorts of things we're working on at the moment. Well, I'm glad it's in your hands. <laughs> <laughs> so, where are your uh, sites set just on Athletics New South Wales or do you see abroad going to Athletics Australia or...? Um, myself personally. Mm. Um, I think... Because it's a separate thing, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I've, you know always taken the view that oh, I contribute where I can. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I that in the first instance, that was just as a club committee member here. And, you know, we've taken, you know, this club from, um, you know, I think when we came on board, there was about eight or $9,000 in the bank account. Now the, the club has a balance sheet of about 150,000. Um, you know, we do the Albie Thomas, we do Sydney Miles Club, you, you know, we're sitting in a a dungeon which in two or three months time is going to be a state-of-the-art strength and conditioning gym and yeah. we've just moved upstairs we've merged the the two clubs together little a's and and the yeah. seniors so you know and none of that was um 
you know, a, a master plan when we came here. You just do what's in front of you and, yeah. you, you know, you look a few years down the road and, and try and set a, some goals for where you want to get to. And, you know, what's happened here is an example of that. The, the New South Wales board was something that, you know, came out of a conversation with, with Mike O'Mara that, you know, he said, I, I think you could contribute here. Are you interested? I said yes. And three months later, I was on the board. Um, you know, I, I didn't particularly want to be chairman, to be honest. Um, you know, I, I was... Probably a good thing. It was, it was a conversation <laughs> that, um, that Pete and I had had about me potentially doing that role at some point, but we were probably thinking, you know, 12 months to 24 months from now. Yeah. Um, Pete made the decision to, to take up a job in the UK and all of a sudden that got brought forward to mm-hmm. two and a half years. So, um, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm very happy in the role, but, you know, you don't, you know, do I want to be the president of Athletics Australia? You know, I'm not running around campaigning for that yeah, job, yeah. Is, is the short answer. Um, you know, if, and I think you need to, I, I don't want to leave a job unfinished either. You know, I'm only six months into the, the mm. role as chair of NSW. We've got a number of things that we need to get done here yeah. to, to set New South Wales up for, up for success. If I feel I've contributed all I can to New South Wales at a point in time, then I'll look around and see what's next. And you know, but the other thing that shouldn't be underestimated is the impact it has on your life generally. Mm. Um, you know, I'm I'm 29, about to turn 30. I'm not married. I don't have kids, and so I have more time to contribute to this yeah. sort of stuff than I would if my circumstances were different and yeah. they may well change in, in time to come. So, um, you know, I'm a, a corporate lawyer in my day job and so between that and this, I end up, you know, usually working somewhere between 60 and 70 hours a week. So yeah, sure. that you can't do that for <laughs> a long period yeah. of time. You know, it, it works for me now. Um, you know, if there's opportunities in the future and I feel like I can make a contribution to AA or even other sports, you know, then, yeah, I, I'd... I'd consider that at the time, but um, I'm very happy in the role I've got, and I think you know James and I and our two companies have an enormous amount that we can get done in the next sort of 12 to 24 months in New South Wales, and um, you know I, you know I've spent seven years on the board of ANSW. I've seen where we've come from and where we've gotten to, but I can also see the potential. I, I know I've, mm. I've probably got a better view than anyone of just how much potential New South Wales athletics has. And, you know, I think knowing so many athletes stuff that people are crying out for, you know, some pretty drastic improvements. And I really think we're on the verge. Well, everyone knows athletics, uh, everyone knows New South Wales have the best athletes. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Just one, um, a thing. Um, This year's obviously been, I'm frantic, heaps of reasons. How does the the, um, season look? I'm going forward. What what changes are uh, yeah, good question needed to be made? You know, what, what does season twenty twenty one? When's the calendar coming out? Look like. <laughs> well, that's what I should have Jack. asked. Jack, first question. When's the calendar coming out? If I Jack had a dollar is so for every time excited, asked that question man. this week. Um, so, in terms of a whole, like in terms of yeah, what yeah, an, yeah. an event will be like. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a great example of yeah. strategic operational, yeah. right? And you know what I'm responsible for and what I oversee. Um, so to answer your question first, <laughs> the calendar will be sent to me uh, tomorrow, as I understand it. Oh, shit. Um, He's going to ask We have a board meeting Wednesday night. Can you copy on me on a mail? Yeah, CC me into that mail. 
and I'm hoping the board um, will be in a position to approve it on Wednesday. So okay. hope, hopefully it will reach the membership by um, late this week, if not first thing next, next week. week. So, yeah, that's um, fast. Th that's the plan. Oh, <laughs> as, as we have learned from 2020, uh, the best laid plans often go up in smoke. Mm. <laughs> um, but that, that's where we're at. So in terms of um, some of the changes we're looking to make, and, and this has been... You know, I, I said at the AGM recently that we have two major strategic focuses for this year. One is the, the unification with Little Oaks New South Wales, and the other is a fundamental reform to our summer track and field competition products. Because in my view, um, and I suspect this is shared by a lot of people in the sport, the, the sort of Saturday afternoon Trelaw Shield all comers product, which has essentially been um, you know, our product for the last 20 or 30 years, I think has increasingly become irrelevant. I think it tries to be too many things to too many people, and I don't think it serves anyone particularly well. It's it's not a high performance. It is stale a little yeah. bit. Yeah, it, it's not a high performance elite product, but it's also not a participation. Are we product. talking about the Saturday Arvo all yeah, comers events that the sort of inner club, you know, that, that yeah. dates back to the the nineteen eighties? <laughs> I mean, but I think the difference is, as we all know, you know, in the nineteen eighties, nineties, you had this really really strong inter club culture which to a large extent still exists in Victoria. And I think we can learn a lot from there, you know, Division A, Division B, et cetera, Premiership and, and that yeah. sort of stuff. Um, you know, you won't catch New South Wales people complimenting Victorians too often, so there's that. Yeah, not me. Um, <laughs> the, um, yeah, someone, someone note that down. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, but, you know, the reality is, if you look at the last 10 years of Trelaw Shield and that sort of stuff, UTS, which is a club that I love and I have a lot of friends at UTS, but they, you know, win the Trelaw Shield by God knows how many thousand points. And mm. In the same way that Bankstown has won the winner club trophy by however many thousand points. And it's really just a weight of numbers. Mm. Like, it, yeah. it's, it's, I don't think anyone draws any particular motivation or meaning out of that these days. I didn't even know there was a point system. There you go. I mean, <laughs> and, and so what does that really mean? And I As think, an athlete, like, it's really irrelevant. Like, yeah. it's not something that... Yeah. I mean, but, but as you know, you know, James, look... Four o'clock on a Saturday afternoon might be a great time to run a 400, but it's a terrible time to run a 1500 if you're easy. <laughs> you know, we're talking four in the afternoon in the middle of January when it's 38 degrees yeah. and he's yeah, just going to go yeah. run 1500 metres. <laughs> so, what, so, what are you yeah, thinking not, about changing in that? You're not going to get a good time from that. Yeah. 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 And so, what we're looking at, th there's still a place for that Saturday afternoon format. Mm. I think it needs to be refocused, and that's we're looking at a, a competition product design that, that sort of tries to target different things. De definitely more focus on team competition and, um, you know, competing as a, as a club and as a team. Is it um, more relay? Not or? necessarily more relays because it's still an individual sport inherently mm. most of the time. But we know from the popularity of relays, mm. and that's in both winter and summer, how much people love competing together. Yes. And yes. so what we need to do is find a way that people can compete together either as a, as, as a squad <laughs> or a club or you know whatever that looks like, yeah. but also still give people the competition opportunities they yeah. need. So in terms of practical example of what that looks like, mm -hmm. and I'll use distance running because I'm a distance running guy. Yep. Um, we know from the UK and Victoria that the British Miles Club and the Victorian Miles Club model works beautifully. You know, v Victoria get five, six hundred people to a VMC meet, you know, they're on a Thursday or a Friday night. Um, they travel around the state. 
and it's in perfect conditions for distance running. And the only reason, you know, the only indicator you need to know that is that Izzy and, you know, people from New South Wales frequently get on a plane to go to Victoria mm. to run at a Thursday night meet at Box Hill, which is not a, sta- it's not a Victorian state championship, it's not a national championship, but they go down there yeah. because it is the perfect competition okay. product for a distance runner. And so what we're looking at doing is we're in the, the reasonably advanced stages of creating, um, basically expanding what Bankstown's done for the last couple of years with Sydney Miles Club and turning that into a New South Wales Miles Club and having a partnership between ANSW and our member clubs where you know, ANSW will um, d- design and sort of oversee the overall series and the, the event grid and that sort of thing. But, it, but the individual meets will be delivered by our member clubs. So there might be a meet here at the Crest, there might be a meet up at Narrabeen, there might be a meet at, at SOPAC, at ES Marks. Campbelltown. Seatown. Yep. And so <laughs> there's, you know, we have this series of, if you are a New South Wales distance runner, instead of directing you to the, the Saturday afternoon when it's just no one wants to run eight or 1,500 metres, yeah. we, we say this is the New South Wales distance running or miles club series. These are, and they're at perfect times for distance running, they're at the right venues for distance running, and they're meets designed around that event group. Yeah. So that might be everything from 800 to 10,000 metres. Mm. We then do the same thing for sprints, we mm. do the same thing for throws, we do the same thing for jumps. That's great. Now you may have meets that combine a couple of those, it might be yeah. a you know, distance and a throws meet, or a, you know, whatever. Um, but you basically, we want more decentralisation, so not have ANSW deliver everything mm. because there's a limit to how much our staff can do in, in eight hours a day, um, which will inevitably result in clubs delivering more stuff. But if we have clubs delivering more stuff, the clubs will be more capable, there'll be a better financial revenue coming into the clubs and they'll be able to do more for their, their members. We'll also That will also result in there being more competition opportunities overall for, for athletes. Yeah. So you then have ANSW responsible for the state championships, obviously. Um, and then we're looking at a, a high performance series of some description um, in the, the second part of the season after Christmas. So ANSW delivers state championships and a high performance series. And we're very clear about who that's targeting. That's for HP athletes. We then have the clubs under the um, auspices of ANSW, delivering a, a competition product tailored by event group. Mm. And so if James is a sprinter, you know, Campbelltown have started this with their Night of Sprint series up at, at Campbelltown. Tuesday nights, Tuesday yeah. Nights. Exactly yeah. right. I, and, I was and speaking to Terry, he said he wanted to do a permit, like once a month permit event on a Tuesday night. Exactly right. So, And that's the sort of stuff we want to encourage. Yeah. Because what we know from the numbers is that you know, the, the sprinters want to go to those meets because they're at the perfect time for sprinting, perfect conditions, good track for it. And the challenge is basically to take that from being once a month at Campbelltown to once every two weeks, you know, or once a week or however often we decide mm. it needs to be at, you know, multiple Different tracks places. around yeah. New, New South Wales. Because if we limit ourselves to one Sydney track on a Saturday afternoon, we are limiting the sport to yep. essentially five or six hundred people a Saturday. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, if we I want this sport to be five thousand people, mm. there needs to be ten tracks. Yeah. You know, that that's the that's the challenge. And that's why I talk about the board is responsible for creating the structure of, of what that, you know, competition product structure looks like 
and then it's the staff's responsibility to then work with the clubs and fill in the blanks. So the board isn't going to sign off on the event grid that, you know, this is a week with eight and 1,500 metres and next week is the 5,000 or the 10,000 or whatever. Yeah. We're not concerned about that. We're concerned about, you know, this decentralisation and more specialisation model where there's a, you know, there's a very clear picture of this event product targets high performance athletes, this event product targets mass participation, yeah. Um, you know, and, and we sort of try to give the athletes and the coaches some guidance that if you are a, a distance runner and you're trying to qualify for nationals or the Olympics or whatever, these are the meets that you should be yeah. going to. And so all the top guys will end up, you know, converging on those. Conversely, if you're Matt Whitbread and you're a 22-minute 5K runner <laughs> and you don't belong on the track in the state 5,000-metre <laughs> championship... Um, there is also a series of local club-based events for you yeah. where you'll be able to run with someone of your ability and yeah. you're not going to... I mean, every time I race in a Trelaw Shield in 1,500 metres, I literally get lapped in a 1,500. <laughs> you know, now, I, I'm you know, a pretty average runner by the standards of all the athletes that we know, but I go and run in the domain in the city when I'm working and stuff, and I'm running past people. I'm not the slowest runner in Sydney. Yeah. yeah. And so if I'm getting lapped in a 1500 and I'm running, you know, just under six minutes, it's a four minute K pace, which is not terrible. How do I convince a recreational runner who's never tried running on the track before to come and join our organisation and try track running if their first event experience is yeah, running right. a three and a half lap race and getting lapped in it. Yeah. yeah. They're never coming back. It's not attractive. Right? Yeah. So we need to, and a lot of our views are warped because all of our mates are Olympians. Mm. And so our view of what is elite is Olympian. In reality, you know, I use James Constantine as an example, one of our staff members. James considers himself a recreational runner because he's mates with Jordan Guzman, who's a sub four miler. James is a 1606 5,000 metre runner which by any recreational runner's standards is obscenely elite. Now, James doesn't think he is because he's mates with Jordan Guzman, but if you talk to the guys that I run with at some of the rec running groups, these are six, seven-minute K runners. They're yeah. running half an hour for 5K. <laughs> so if I put them on a track in a race at a Trelaw with, with James Constantine, they're going to get lapped six times in a 5K <laughs> and they're never coming back. <laughs> yeah. Now, this isn't to say that you can't do both together. The Albie Thomas is a great example. You know, we have the Australian Championship at the end of the night. We have elite eights, elite fours. James won that race before. You then, but then as part of the program, we have a community 3K. And, you know, this is guys that are running, you know, up to 18, 20, 24 minutes for 3K. And so you can still incorporate those events into the same overall meet, but you need to be clear who they're targeted at. You know, we don't want the six-minute K runner in the field with the 1,500 you know, elite guys. Yeah. But, uh, but equally, we want them to be part of the experience. And so the yeah. format we have here is come and run your 3K PB on the track, even if it's 15 minutes, and then stick around for an hour and watch the best athletes in Australia race. Yeah. And so you get... You know, you can do both together, but the problem with Trelaw Shield and all comers at the moment is that it's trying to attract, you know, Danny Samuels throwing in, the, or Danny Stevens, I should say now, throwing in the discus cage at the same time it's saying that I should be running a 25-minute 5K. Yeah. And it's not serving either of us well because it's not the best conditions for Danny to be throwing and I'm getting lapped. So 
it, it's in this sort of no man's land in the middle where it's not really doing anyone yeah. any favours. We're trying to be everything to everyone. Yeah. We need a product that is is designed for the high performance athletes, and we need a product that's designed for participation athletes. And what we're trying to do is separate them out. I think it's a great idea, man. I'm just trying to understand how the team aspect comes into it. Like I know you're you're separating yep. the events and. I think that's a really good idea, but how does the team aspect come into it? And that's the challenging part because athletics is inherently an individual sport. Mm, yeah. Um, so, you know, there's obviously realise of the obvious example, but that's not conducive to every week because, you know, you've got to organise four guys to run together and, it's, you know, you can't do a state realise every week of the year. Yeah. What we are looking at, and this is just purely, this is not ANSW endorsed or anything, it's just a map we're talking, right? Um, we tried something here recently with the, um, the winter distance meet, um, which I think you ran the 300 in. Yeah, and good fun. So we, we did something at the end of that, which was called the Inside Running Podcast Challenge, mm-hmm. um, which was in a 5K, and we had the three guys from the Inside Running Podcast um, draft a team of four each from the entries. We were um, talking about doing something like this. Yeah, <laughs> um, and so they all raced together and there was a point score thing and, and, you know, there was a winner at the end of that. Yeah. So things like that. I mean, with the New South Wales Miles Club, my vision, long-term vision for that is that if you've got, you know, a meet on the program that has, you know, the, the 800, the 1500, the 5K, for example, between the men's and women's races, you've got six A races, um, an A in each of, at, at each distance. You might say, well, for a club to compete in the team's challenge, you need to enter your best athlete in each of those six races, your best male and female, 800, 1500, 5K runners. And we then have a point structure where, you know, if Izzy wins the 800 for UTS, UTS get 25 points. Um, you know, if Mason Cohen comes third in the, the, men, the men's A800, they get 18 points or something for third. Mm. And so UTS has their six best distance athletes um, in each of those races on the night. And at the night, there's a total club score and there's a progressive point score update through the night. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and UTS could enter a B team, a C team, etc. cetera. Um, now, you could then have... So then in the race, Izzy is not only running for Izzy Thornton Bod, but yep. she's also running for UTS. Yeah. And so idea. you can build the, the culture around that. And equally, she's got Mason standing on the side of the track cheering her on because they're the UTS 800 yeah, runners yeah. together, right? Now, you can then have a winner, a club winner at the end of that meet, but you can also then run that through the whole series. Yeah. yeah. Right? So you can enter your, you know, six, your team of six athletes um, at, at the start of the, the championship season, if you like, and then have that team run together, and mm-hmm. you can have reserves and all that sort of stuff, yeah. through, you know, an eight or ten meet series. Yeah and then have a, a champion club for the 800, a champion club for the overall, et cetera, oh. at the end of the whole. And so UTS become the New South Wales Miles Club yeah, champions. Yeah. Like in Brazil, in Brazil, we had that on university championships. So we have like yeah. a tournament. So we have like point systems for each of the events. So we have like the tournament, like the first edition, the second, the third, then we compete six through the whole year. And at the end of the year, there's like a, they like add the points from the whole season and they're gonna like, we're gonna yep. compete with like different uh, universities and everything. So it's on the last event, it's very like um, a lot of like, a lot yeah. of athletes showing up. It's just a to grand look. final. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, it's the last. And so it's really good. And, and we have like 
double double system for double point system for like relays. So a lot of people cheer and wanted wanted to run like four by four, four by four by one, and everything. So it's very competitive. And and, and none yeah, of this is rocket idea. science. I mean, that that sounds to me very similar to the the dream model, yeah. which is the NCAA. And you know, you you, yep. s- you look at the NCAA in the US and how much. Um, athletes want to run for their college. Yeah. You know, look at Jess Hull in Oregon. They they win you know, Div One cross country championship, and then you know there's there's Div One indoors. And and it's it, a very important achievement for the career athlete. Like, oh, I'm, I'm a yeah. like NCAA champion. Like, exactly they right. they yeah. value that really good. Like, it's a even very just like oh, top five NCAA. Yeah, yeah, I'm people. a finalist. <gasps> people would yeah. be like, yeah. what? Because NCAA, it's like like nationals level like and clearly yeah. we don't have the population to get to that level yeah yeah but we can follow the model yeah and you so, have to start yeah. so do they have any incentive or is it just like such a big event like it's just a good they've marketed it really well the the ncaa uh what's the incentive for them to to do something like this like uh, well there's no prize money because it's all the colleges and it's amateur but it's you know that the, they build these and he's mm. had the canadian experience obviously um of similar college running up there but yeah, the, the athletes can get scholarships to, to the colleges to, to run over there. Um, and so, but, you know, you, you talk to guys like Jess Harlan, Morgan McDonald, and all the rest of it, is that, and this is the big challenge, we need to build teams not only around clubs but also around squads. Yeah. The reason these... Yeah, you know, there's a very, very significant team pride when you're in those type of systems. Yeah. It's, so I was part of uh, the Waterloo Warriors, and there is some very serious Waterloo pride. You know, you've got your... Water, 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 loo, loo, loo. All your chants and stuff, you've got your hands in a circle before each race. Yeah. It's, it, you know, you get the team bus there and back. It's a very big atmosphere around yeah. building up the team, not just the individual. And that and makes sense, right? Like, yeah. I mean, you, you do state relays for your club and, and you have that once a year. You're training with your squad week in week out yeah. like yeah. you're gonna feel like part of that squad more than more than a club oh yeah so, so what i've always yeah always. <laughs> and but i mean we're very conscious of protecting the club culture in, yeah. in new south Wales. but i think the solution to that is is a model we use here at bankstown which is create a link between the squad and a club mm. so you know bankstown has under its banner if you like the team telford group out of um out of canberra with dick telford and those guys also, the Limitless Track Squad um, with Andre Cal Music and her squad, that's Jayla Hancock Cameron and, and, and those youngsters. And so, the reason the squads are obviously closer is because, and as you guys well know, those are the people you spend five, six days a week with yeah. training, you know, hours and hours and hours together. Mm. And so, it becomes a, a family a type bond. Yeah. If you can then compete together, then obviously you're going to run for each other because oh, yeah. you're also close, right? And so, what, what, you know, what I would like to see happen is some of these big training groups be partnered with a club. Instead of having people from the same squad run for four or five different clubs, you know, all come together, go, go with one club and run together. And then mm. there's an equal responsibility on the club to make sure the squad is equally recognised. Yeah. And so, for example, we're doing the new Bankstown uniform at the moment. There'll be different versions of the Bankstown singlet there will be the Bankstown logo and everything, but there'll also be the squad that logo space. that you belong to. That's right. Yeah. So Rory Hunter will be able to run in a singlet with, you know, the Bankstown singlet, but also have Team Telford recognised on that. 
and you know that's important for him because that's his squad and his group and mm. Dixie's coach. And that way, and, like yeah. when he's racing, he's not having to choose. You know, do I wear the Bankstown singlet? Exactly right. Do I wear yeah. this singlet? He can wear the one singlet, and it can be right. I'm representing Bankstown. Yeah, and and, and, and so as well. when we you know submit a team to the New South Wales Miles Club Series, it could be you know, in to- it could be a Bankstown team, Telford team. And then a Bankstown, a Bankstown limitless team, yep. you know, or we can bring them all together depending on your particular club. But mm. part of me, that's why you know that's what I'm talking about. We need to bring a team aspect yeah. to running. We know it works in the US. Mm. You know, you, you only just need to watch a, a Div One cross country teams yeah. championship race and see how much they love and running together and that sort of thing. And you know, they'll run tactically on the track as well. Like you know, um, if you have you know the, the you know. Morgan McDonald, a Tour de France type, uh, yeah, yeah, type, you, yeah. You, you have a, as you know, a group. I'll do the pacing work for my teammate because mm. I'm not targeting this race, and I'll just do him a favour because he he needs the help pacing that race. So you know, it's building that culture, which is yeah. a challenge. But our comp product at the moment isn't conducive yeah. to it because you just enter your hundred on a Saturday night and you run your hundred, and there's no real yeah. team element to it. I mean, it's not going to happen overnight. Either. Yeah, this no. is going to be a three to five year yeah. process I would think but and that's why I talk you know boards are frustrated because you know we understand where we want to get to but it's a process There's and, a it, and it takes time but yeah. it also yeah. takes time to build you know Rome wasn't built in a day and mm. you know it's gonna it's gonna take a, a number of years to get to where we want to get to but I think the board and I have a, a pretty clear view of what that looks like if we get it right yeah I think most uh, most sprint squads will have like a hundred, two hundred, and four hundred runner. So exactly, if they just did like a this squad versus this squad, or like a full eight lane race with just different squads, three people, hundred, two hundred, four hundred, and that would be so fun. Yeah, and exactly, and, and so you know, I've been talking about miles club because I'm a distance runner, but we could equally have a New South Wales sprint series, mm. which and you might have you know you one, you two, you four, but also your hurdlers and that sort of thing, and so you yeah. might have to enter five people from your squad slash club yeah um you know who in the men's and women's who tick each of those boxes yep. and maybe a 400 guy has got to run a 200 for mm. the team yeah you know maybe a two guys got to run a four for the team mm. and you know you wouldn't ordinarily do that but do it for the club right yeah and so you know and then you've got that team and culture element and there's rivalry too. There's rivalry exactly between right. squads. Yeah. Like, and then it infiltrates not only the series as a whole, but each individual race. Yeah. And so you know that, that's yeah. where we need to. That's exciting to get to. And it's something time. to aspire to for the. the good time to be getting too. back into running. Yeah. yeah. Good shit. So how did you and Izzy meet? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Been that long? <laughs> I don't wow, I'm, <laughs> I'm flattered. No. Um, so I finished up high school in 2016. And that's making me feel Jesus. old. Are you young? Are you that young? <laughs> Sorry. Are you? What are you like? Twenty one? Twenty two? Yeah. Jeez. Um, <laughs> moving on. Um, so I, so I that's not a problem for you. That's a problem for us. <laughs> <laughs> I finished up high school in twenty sixteen, and not long after I'd finished the HSC, it came to my attention through Athletics New South Wales emailing that they were offering out a like an internship, uh, volunteer position type thing. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't going to go to uni straight away. I took a bit of a gap year, which is, I guess, synonymous with uh, just not doing anything for a year. I had no <laughs> plans. It was just, I'm going to train, I'm going to work, I'm just going to do whatever. I didn't really, you know, a bit of travel, but nothing yeah. too crazy. 
Um, and yeah, so I went and I did uh, an internship role with Athletics New South Wales uh, over 2017, during which I guess it just made sense that that's where Matt and I met. I actually met Colin, uh, Matt's dad, first because he was dropping off the camera, which has <laughs> sort of become my baby ever since. So oh. <laughs> I, uh, I officially look after the, uh, the camera for them, <laughs> make sure that it gets used and well-loved. But um, yeah, so I, I met Colin and then I met Matt through that and it's just sort of the, the intersectionality of, of mm. what I was doing, what I, the projects I got involved in and then just Matt being an omnipotent part of all of that. So, mm. yeah, so do I'm you mostly do the photos at Bankstown or do you go to other meets as well? Uh, I, so I sort of just go wherever I fancy. Um, I, it's a very big... Um, I like to go out and I like to support my squad, you know, piggybacking off of what Matt's just been talking about mm. with the atmosphere. I'm very big on going out and supporting um, people in my squad. And also I was, uh, once upon a time, the UTS Norths Club captain. So I'd go out and I, I mean, I started off with photography back in high school where I am. Um, like, I worked with a company called Photos and a Flash, which covered things like, you know, the Broken Bay Diocese Championships and... New South Wales CCC and whatever else that they were covering. So that was my first, I guess, like introduction to photography. And after I left those roles, it sort of just became whatever the heck um, I, I made it to be. <laughs> so I'm, I'm almost entirely self-taught. But uh, I, yeah, I'd leave and, you know, I might go to a Trelaw Shield because, you know, I knew that there were a significant number of UTS athletes competing and I wanted to make sure that they received some form of um, photograph or, or just something to, to use to have at the <laughs> after the event. Yeah. I whatever remember, whatever yeah. reason I could conjure up. I always time, felt which, that. Yeah. Which justified me driving out to, <laughs> to go do that. Um, or, you know, like someone someone on my squad mm. or a friend, like I'm, uh, you know, good friends with Carly Thomas. Like I'd hear, oh, yeah, Carly's going out. She's doing an eight along with, say, Joe Cubis or like Mason, you know, any of the guys that you can list from my squad or my friend group in athletics. And I just go, eh, well, like I'll go out there or, you know, I might be racing uh, a 1500 <laughs> on this Trelaw and I just stick around afterwards with my camera. And yeah, that's that's uh i guess how i got into it and uh, i guess just the the connection uh along with matt and and the sydney Marlers series just meant that i fell into this this role this opportunity came up to to do photography and uh, i think low-key everybody's quite happy when i'm you know injured or ill or otherwise <laughs> unable to run because it means that Show i stick around yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll come out anywhere and i'll take the photos which <laughs> seems to seems to be something people quite enjoy. So I felt yeah, that it just, it just <laughs> when I got cool. injured for like yeah. three months. Oh man! Yeah, I was like hopping in the competition, taking photos of everyone. Yeah, yeah. people love it. it was yeah, like, bro, just, just why not? Why not taking photos? And it was like, bro, I need to compete. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's actually what um, I'm sure you would have seen uh, at the the. 300 that you competed prior to the what are we calling it the Steigen 3k inside running podcast uh, challenge what Bankstown winter distance yeah mate, just I the, think was the, the winter term. meet whatever, yeah um I actually have a, a hat it's <laughs> going on about 11 years old now oh and my god yeah every single event that I photograph at I wear it and it's you know it was kind of a bit of a joke because my trident. first my first big gig for ANSW when it came to photography was 
the 2017 country championships out in Dubbo. And, you know, I was out there all day, every day. It's Oof. getting, like, 40 degrees. It made sense to have this hat, mm. but <laughs> in doing so, yeah. it sort of became a recognisable feature, and <laughs> I found it was quite distinguishing from, hey, Izzy's here to compete versus Izzy's here to take photographs. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I just I just think it's a, it's a pretty good uh, physical <laughs> indicator if, if I'm there for, for you or if I'm there for me. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when's the next event? The, the one like we put on last time. <laughs> so you're trying to get the calendar COVID. again. <laughs> <laughs> I want to run another 300. <laughs> I want to see if it's I've gone better. <laughs> um, we've gone out to the clubs with some of our uh, draft championship dates. Um, so just so everyone knows, the, the big thing holding us back at the moment is the public health order um, uh, lasts until the 1st of October at the moment. Um, while we still have the 500 person cap, which we can operate within, there is a, a strong recommendation from government that there be no travel from regional to metro areas. And so that's what's holding us back at the moment because we can't run a state championship um, for just the Sydney metro people. Well, um, <laughs> well, might make you a championship piece yeah. to win, but um, you know, in the same way that Athletic Australia, you know, had just came out, I think yesterday, the day before, with their announcement that the most of the national titles for the rest of the year have been cancelled, and that's because of the state border closures, principally, that you can't run a national title when you know two, two or three states are in lockdown. Yeah. And you, can't, you know, can't, it's, it's not a real national title, so yeah. um, that's what's holding us back from a state championship perspective, um, and you know. To be, you know, because what is not supposed to happen right now is, you know, if we put on a meet here at the Crest, then what we would be saying is that, well, nobody from Newcastle can drive down, nobody from Wollongong can drive up. Um, you know, it's going to have to be limited to a certain geographic area, and that's obviously very difficult to mm. enforce. Um, so we're just, you know, we're, I've said from the outset that ANSW will err on the side of caution um, when it comes to. COVID, we will be more conservative rather than more aggressive in what we can do. Yep. Um, that I'm confident, having said that, that we will get something resembling a normal summer season underway, unless there is a you know significant change in the outlook. Um, yeah, we, we will have weekly competitions, um, and I, I don't think if you look at it in the aggregate, the overall number of competition opportunities will be considerably less than, yeah. than next year. Um, some of the big state titles will inevitably look a little bit different as we sit here at the moment. You know, there might be more, might go over two days rather than one day. There might be more, you know, people spaced out, no crowds, no spectators, yeah. that sort of thing. But, you know, I think we will get something, you know, I, I appreciate that it's frustrating, but I think we're probably only about a week away from being able to give you quite yeah. a bit of detail of what that looks like. I wonder how we're going to socially distance in the relay race. You might just have to throw it at them. <laughs> <laughs> so what about state relays? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know is the short answer at this point. There's... there's sure. Th there's a <laughs> <laughs> you, might, you might have to do like a, a situation where you hand sanitise the baton right before you hand it to yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like just and, and believe it or not, I, I am serious that I don't know. So, oh, okay. um, yeah. you know, and this is again when I talk about the divide between um, board and staff is that, you know, the staff have a very detailed plan for state realise, um, but they're working on it and it will come to me as chair and to the board mm. when, when it's ready for us. Oh, okay. um, and so part of my responsibility, which is at times frustrating, I can assure you, is that 
it's not appropriate for me to go into the office and say, you know, what's going on with this and I want to see the plan now yeah. went, you know, before it's ready. Um, you know, the, the staff are entrusted with, with running the day-to-day operations. It's not for me to go and try and insert myself into that. Um, I'm responsible for, you know, I, I'm ultimately accountable as chair of the board for, you know, everything the organisation does, but it's not my responsibility to, you know, d- design the COVID plan for state railways. Yeah. Um, it's my job to make sure that it's legal and, you know, we when we sign it off that it's all suitable and I might have comments and, you know, mm. that kind of thing, but it, it's not my job to um, be in there telling them what to do. And so, you know, the, so when I say I don't know the plan, I just don't realise I actually don't know the specifics of the plan because it hasn't been presented to me yet. Um, I expect that it, it will be next week at our, uh, our board meeting. So, um, <laughs> but, you know, I can tell you, for example, that, you know, the, the plan for NARA, because this had been announced, well, what was going to be NARA, but which will now be um, DAPTA, is that, you know, instead of running the, the cross championships over one day as we ordinarily would, um, we, we were expecting eight or 900 athletes and so we were going to run them across two days. And, you know, and the, the model we had adapted for the short course cross country is it probably an, an indicator of the sorts of things that would be in place for all of our meets at the moment. So, you know, you would have to sign in, you would only be allowed to arrive, you know, X minutes before your race. It might be like an hour before your race or something. You have to depart 20 minutes after your race. Um, so you can't stick around and watch and that sort of thing. And that's because at all times in the facility we have to have less than 500 people. Yeah. Yeah. So people have to be coming and getting and out, going. frankly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can't bring too much. So time. obviously, I mean, State Realise, I think, normally gets something like 2,000 people. Oof. So we can't have 2,000 people yeah. in yeah. the one venue. And so there'll be those sorts of rules around about, you know, there'll be designated warm-up areas, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that's sort of what it will look like um, in broad terms. But the specifics in terms of is it one day, is it two days, is there it one track, is it two tracks, things like that, um, you know, unfortunately you'll you have to wait. And I should say that I think the membership generally um, has approached this year in the best possible spirit I could have expected. Um, they've been extraordinarily patient with us in understanding that there are certain things we can't tell them yet. Um, in some instances, because we don't know, and in some instances, because we don't want to put out, um, you know, plans which are inevitably going to change half a dozen times between now and the event, because that just leads to confusion, and you know, it, it's it's just too much information yeah. to flood people with. Um, but people have been very, very patient with us and understand, you know, everyone wants to know what's happening. And, you know, I, and the message I keep giving to people is, you know, uh, I'm chairman of Athletics New South Wales, which is essentially an events business. And we're not running any events. <laughs> so um, nobody wants them on more than I do. I mean, yeah. you guys don't see the financial report. So, <laughs> um, you know, we, we've got, a, I was saying earlier, we've got, James and I have two rather large companies to run um, right now which are both taking pretty significant revenue hits. So, mm. you know, we want these events on more than anyone, um, you know, and you know, to say nothing of the fact that we're both athletes, albeit, you know, at slightly different levels. 
Um, <laughs> so, you know, we, we want something to run in as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Piggy, piggybacking off that, like, while, while, you know, you've just said that the athletics community has been as great as it has, Athletics New South Wales and, and the relevant, um, relevant authorities have also been as transparent as they can. You know, I know James has set up a distance running in New South Wales Facebook page, and then there's also Matt Joyce, um, who's also on that staff board. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, who, who they are in regular communication, so it's just very accessible to ask the, the right questions. I have no idea what it's like on the on the sprinting front because I'm just so naive yeah. when it comes to anything <laughs> that that forte. But um, same yeah. with me when it comes to distance running. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, all the, every name you've said, I'm like. Who? <laughs> 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 yes, but yeah, it's. Um, Everybody's doing everything that they can at the moment, and that's yeah. that's something to really, really be. Um, uh, I'm I'm not sure what word I'm looking for, but it's it's something to to take faith in, mm. um, and know that everybody is doing everything that they can. And they best, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's very tolerant, and I think one of the great things about the athletics community is how tolerant and, and adaptable they are. And you yeah. know, this year has really, really demonstrated that on all on all levels. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Something I really liked with the Bankstown event you did was the commentary, the bro- like live stream, the broadcast. How'd that come about? Um, the first live stream we did was, I think, may get the year wrong here, I think it was the 2016, it might have been 15, Hunter Track Classic. Um, I was on the board and uh, Victoria, a good mate of mine, Lachlan Rayner in Victoria, had started doing some live streams down in Vic. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lockie and I have had a sort of parallel experience in, in Victoria, New South Wales, in that he essentially got frustrated within himself that, you know, he was going to all these athletics meets and seeing all his mates run and all the rest of it and um, basically couldn't, you know, if you weren't, you know, I think, I remember Josh Clark ran 10.16 at Canberra um, for the 100 metres. And the only, and you know, it was a massive deal at the time because it came before that flood of, you know, Jack Hale and Rowan Browning and Trey Williams and all those guys that, um, you know, changed 100 metre sprinting in, in Australia, or at least got us back to, you know, the, the Shervo, Pat Johnson days. Yeah. Um, and at the only footage of Jack's, um, Jack, of, a, of Josh's 10.16, was someone's grainy, bloody iPhone footage, <laughs> you know, staring at the 100 metres. And, you know, Lockie and I had seen this happen, you know, a number of times and just got incredibly frustrated that, you know, unless you were at a track, you couldn't see, you know, literally some of the best athletes yeah. in the world, yeah. you know, doing what they do. And so Lockie and I both sort of independently at the time without having spoken to each other, started looking into, looking into ways of, well, you know, how hard can live stream possibly be because you know we, we started seeing it surfing was an early adopter um and there were a bunch of other sports that couldn't get broadcast rights deals for television that just said well let's just do it ourselves yeah and so i spoke to um duncan tweed who was the ceo of nsw at the time and said look give me two thousand dollars budget and let's just see what we can do yeah. um you know it, it might be rubbish but like, what have we got to lose right now? It's, it's better than perfect. Yeah. You still have the, the image. Like yeah, and, you know, it's like, what well, you know, we've got nothing to lose. Like, right now we've got nothing. It can't be any worse than nothing. Yeah. Um, although he hadn't heard me commentate at that point. So, <laughs> um, so I, Bankstown had a camera, a video camera, and I went and bought a Blackmagic television switcher, switcher thing. Yeah. 
um, and we did, in hindsight, a truly despicable live stream of the Hunter Track Classic <laughs> that year. Um, and, you know, I, every now and then I go back and watch some of my first attempts at race calling and, good God, was it bad. Um, but, uh, and it's I about think... to get a whole lot worse. <laughs> me and Daniel were talking about doing it on the Tuesday night events at Campbelltown. But, I mean, this is exactly what we needed. And, and, you know, some people say nice things about my commentary now. Um, and, you know, I always say to them, well, go back and look at the early days. So, yeah. um, you know, oh, I mean, we, to, we need... To be, the, fair, yeah. to be fair, you can say that with a number of people starting out, you know... Like, a, exactly a right. You yeah. know, like, I, yeah. I go back sometimes and I look at my very first photographs. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, and what is that? So, all I would say is, absolutely. Just, Start calling because you'll it. get better at it. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be pretty rubbish. You won't get any worse. Um, but each month it'll get better. Yeah. And, and this is you can look back on and, it and laugh. Yeah. <laughs> and this, is what oh, I saying about, this is what I keep saying about ANSW's role with facilitation and not delivering it, it, itself. You know, James Constantine and I do most of the commentary for, for New South Wales meets on broadcast. But, you know, I'm a corporate lawyer in my day job. Jimmy also has to do his staff job at ANSW. There is a limit to how many meets we are going to be able to get to yeah. over the course of the season. Like, you know, in my day job, I just finished up the, um, the Virgin Airlines restructure. And so for about three months, like, I was just, you know, 60 mm. hours a week on that. And so I couldn't get to some of the things that I wanted to get to in athletics. Um, so, you know, the reality is that James and I are not going to be able to get to the first Tuesday every month at Campbelltown to call the sprint meets. And so, you know, if you guys become the, the Campbelltown Sprints commentary team, you know, and, and get better at that over the course of the next <laughs> couple of years, then yeah. all of a sudden there'll be two commentary teams in New South Wales yeah, that yeah. can go to things. And it doesn't have to be James and I and everything. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and then we do a state championship. It might be, well, you guys are better sprint callers and we're distance callers. You guys come in and do the sprints mm. and we'll do the distance, right? And so, you know, if UTS start running some meets at Narrabeen and they get a couple of commentators and... You know, it's um, all and someone so does only, only and then all of a sudden there's, you know. Yeah, it's just James and Matthew. So we'll be number two. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It'd be first off it the would, bench, It so. would definitely be better on a sprinting front because they'll probably be like, yep, and they're out the blocks. <laughs> we're, we're pretty average at sprints. <laughs> the, trouble, the trouble is I have I don't know anyone who's I, um, running right now. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> we didn't know anyone I'm either. So, I'm so sorry about this, but <laughs> I have to say, with, no, um, with GPS, we, we live streamed GPS earlier this year, and the number of times that I heard Matt go, Oh, 100 metres, the blue ribbon event of athletics. Just like <laughs> 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 Got to give the sprinters some love. <laughs> 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 it is. Make up a little like commentary bingo, just cross it off. <laughs> 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 I saw that happen with Martin Brundle on the Formula One recently, yeah. actually, when I was thinking about <laughs> yeah, what my bingo card would look like. Um, <laughs> but they, um, yeah, I mean, and so we, we started at literally one camera. Um, live stream at Hunter. It wasn't on a proper tripod. It was diagonal the whole night. <laughs> I couldn't commentate to save my life. It was, you know, real bad. <laughs> and but you know, we, you just, got we, it. we yeah. just got better, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you keep doing anything, you'll get better at yeah. it. And you know, we've just um, we've just got some new bits and pieces to our system here for the new season. And I'm pretty sure Albie Thomas and the, the New South Wales mates we do this year will have. Um, a six camera stream Ooh, um, and you know you know last year we had a, a commentary team of you know four of you know probably reasonable athletics minds at Albie Thomas we got Sean Whip up from Victoria James Gurr um, 
Jimmy and myself as the actual race callers and you know had a, a reasonably informed panel and you know uh, this year we'll have five or six cameras to go with it and wow, that's you know we're getting to a, a level of professionalism that that can be rolled out you know quite so quickly. So you're probably going to have to lean on the clubs a bit to help you out with that yeah. type of equipment because well, I'm, I'm not Bill Gates. <laughs> yeah well I mean you know we've got all that here but you know <laughs> equally and this is what I was you, know, you, you invest in club capability and it it also creates revenue so we mm. you know the Bankstown as Izzy was saying did the GPS earlier this year Bankstown was paid to do that. Um, you know, we were talking to the CHS, I think, before it got cancelled with COVID. And mm. so all of a sudden, you know, you're doing two or three schools, mates a year, the broadcast for them and getting paid reasonable mm. money to do Especially that. Especially now if fans aren't, aren't allowed in the stands. Exactly right. <coughs> yeah. yeah. You know, having the option to live stream things is going to be so important. Like if we're mm. having a meet here at Bankstown and, and you can't have anyone, you know, sitting and watching, then... It's yeah. really the only way that anyone can see yeah. how well, you go. Well, an unforeseen actually uh, advantage of having such, you know, such good and such regular live streams now is that I, so most of my family actually lives out of the UK, and we've also got uh, some family out in India. So you know, they're obviously not going to be able to, to come, you yeah. know, like come and, and watch yeah. me come and watch me say race at uh, you know something <laughs> like the Albie Thomas Mile, or you know, at a state championship, or, or whatever I might be racing in at the time but you know I've flown down to Zatopec down in Victoria and boom I can have my uh, family in the UK tuning in you know my Live is true. Eighty, the, my eighty-plus-year-old grandparents tuning in with their <laughs> with their iPad, going like, <laughs> "How do we do this on the YouTube?" But <laughs> you know, it's uh, it, it's really. I think live stream just makes everything in athletics so much more accessible, yeah. Yeah. and it also brings an attention to the sport which you know really is needed. Um, it's a little off topic, but I was reading a book called uh, Breaking the Mold, and I can't remember who it's by, but it's all about the media exposure and what it can bring to the sport. Yeah. And I think that, you know, athletics is, it, it you know, it, someone who's in athletics like me, I've been running since, you know, I was, you know, not even a meet at all, and it's, it's always been a part of my life. But someone who hasn't had that experience, you know, what's, what's in it for them to come out to a track and, and watch an event, but hey, you know, oh, that's that's kind of interesting, you know, yep. pop onto a live stream because friend might be running or whatever. It's just it just gives that exposure 100%. to athletics. Yeah, which it's I think I think so we needed. need to make events though that are able it's engaging. to be live yeah. streamed. Like you don't want to have a racer and then a five minutes of yeah. downtime. And yeah. then this is the other problem. And, and this is where you yeah. have to make a, a product that is able to be live streamed that people can sit there and watch the hundred. All right, bang. Long yep. jump, bang, 400. And this is the problem that I was talking about earlier with Trelaw Shield and all comers and, and you know, the 30-year the product we've had recently is that, you know, at any given meet, and, you know, we all know from having been at them, there's four or five things happening at once. You might have Danny throwing a, a discus, you might have Izzy running 1500, yeah. you might have a long jump happening. So you can't broadcast three things at once. No. Whereas if we go to this specialisation model and it's, you know, just mm. distance running or just sprinting or just, you know, throws... You yeah. can set up your broadcast around that, that yeah. and you don't miss anything. So if we do a, a, a jumps mate, you know, and Brandon and Eleanor and Nicola are all doing a high jump, 
we'll set up the broadcast around the high the jump, high jump. Yeah. D, yeah. rather than being up in the top of a grandstand so we can get the high Of course, track. in the comments, like you always say, oh, you know, the, the, it's a field events. And there wasn't the enough event. attention <laughs> on the long jump. It's like, well, I feel, you know, they're, uh, and they're doing their best, yeah. you know. And, like and, a, and what about the high bought. jumpers who weren't on at all because yeah, 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 we were yeah. doing track and long yeah, jump, yeah. right? So. Yeah. Or, or you get, actually, sorry, going back to GPS, but remember how there was, we had, I think it was a 1,500 metres, uh, a shot put, and what was, there was, point is that there were three outstanding record-breaking performances from in the space GPS of 10 minutes, athletes. Yeah. I don't think it was even 10 minutes. I think it was yeah. five minutes because it was over this guy's 1,500 <laughs> metres. Oh. And, you know, it's like, oh, go back to the 1,500. Why are you live-streaming the shot? It's like, well, the shot This, is a, problem. Yeah. this yeah. is a problem at all levels of the sport. High jump, that's what it was. Yes. He was breaking, yeah. like, two metres or something, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. But this is a problem at all levels of the sport. I was in the Olympic Stadium the night that Mo Farah won the 10,000 metres in London. And, you know, they, they talk about it. Yeah, Jessica Hill and, and Greg. And, you know, they talk about it as being the greatest night in the history of British athletics. And what a lot of people may not appreciate is that I was sitting over on the back straight, which was fantastically in front of the long jump. Long here. jump, yeah. And Greg Rutherford actually had his last jump in the long jump while Farrah was running the 10,000 metres. And so you had... A, you know, a British athlete in London at a home Olympic Games winning a long jump gold medal, while the vast, pardon me, while the vast majority of the stadium was watching Mo Farah about six k into the ten thousand meters. Mm. Yeah. And so, you know, the the fact that two of those things are happening at once is to me insane. Mm. And of course, it, it it won't happen in any other sport. What no. other sport is there two things happening at the same time? Yeah, that can be of that caliber. Even swimming, even swimming, you know, it's it's all it's one, at, it's the one one pool pool. at the one at the one time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think that you know, the, uh, I'm not a field athlete, but I think field athletes, understandably, at times feel like they don't get enough attention because yeah. there's so much focus on the track. Mm. Now, you know, I'm probably guilty of being one of the people that puts too much focus on the track, but the the field events are actually more conducive than running to being brought into cool new environments which are accessible to the public you know we've seen a lot of the the street athletics mates where you and know the, the kiwis do it really well like yeah. Yeah. pole vault in the street shot put in the street all the rest of it you know the monaco diamond league they used to do the shot put up over the you know the harbor at monaco and stuff and so and when you do that not only is it a cool experience and you know there's a, there's a great shot in perth um they did a, they did a pole vault in perth um, down the main street of one of the country towns and the guys are in the top floor of the pub standing on the balcony and they're, and they're jumping, you know, right in front of the, the balcony because it's five or six metres or five metres up or whatever it was and, you know, it's a great visual that there's yeah. a guy leaning on the balcony of a pub having a beer and this guy pole vaulting like right in front of his eyes and so, you know, but when you're doing that there's no divided attention. All the attention is yep. on the, you know, yeah. that event. Or like Brandon Stark, uh, somewhere yeah. in Europe, he was doing this high jump and just, just had all the spectators. Just yeah, and what, what we need to a do is get... Yeah. Like a specialised high jump meet. Mm. We, need, you know, we need Brandon Stark on the forecourt of the Sydney Opera House with a, yeah. you know, a tartan... You know, a Martin mat Place or something. And yeah, exactly. And, yeah. you know... If you do that, and by the way, you stick like a you know a door next to the high jump thing or something to show people mm. just how high this is, you know, that's how you make the sport accessible. Because yeah. if you're sitting in the tenth row at SOPAC 
watching Brandon jump in the D, which is 60 metres away. And you have no point of reference for how high that is and you're a newcomer to the sport. It's just meaningless. Yeah. There's no difference between one metre and 230. There's no appreciation. Like, it doesn't, it, you know, it just, it, there's no way for a, a general member of the public, uninitiated sport to understand that. Yeah. And so that's why I'm saying that, you know, we need to change the way that the sport is presented because if we keep doing it the way we're doing it, it will be fine for those of us who are in the tent but you know, attractive if, if we want to grow the sport and, you know, and then a lot of people say, well, why are you worried about you know, getting the rec runners involved or, or you know, you know, massively increasing the audience or whatever? The answer to that is that the more eyeballs we get on the sport, the more money we get. The yeah. more money we get, the more money there is for yep. athlete development, for meets, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the commercial side. Well, this would have to be the most productive podcast we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> so I thank everybody for coming. We're in Bankstown. I don't know if you've noticed. We tried to bring a couple of our props, like a broken lamp. Yeah, I, I want to hear about this. I want to hear about this. Oh, no. Sorry about that. <laughs> this has a better story. This has fallen apart. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> they mean nothing to us. Yeah, I, I want to hear about the Eagle Vale High School 2012 Athlete uh, of the Year. That's a very competitive sports yeah. high school. In Campbelltown, I was the only athlete. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got a state championship bronze medal from some, I think the Fernley 15 sometime where there was only three athletes. <laughs> uh, I was uh, on the sorry. board at the time and I sorry. went back and I said, I, we seriously need to look at this state championship because if I'm winning a state medal, we've got a problem. No, no, no. Go, with, um, there's a, with the UTS is uh, in the, um, the university, not, not the club necessarily, but they have a uh, rewards and recognition scheme for athletes who go and compete at Trelaw Shield to try and you know, uh, invest some, some interest in going to Trelaw. I went and I competed in the shot put, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I can't remember what I threw. Fifty kilos ring and wet competing <laughs> in the shot put. It wasn't it wasn't great and I'll have you know that I came sixth out of six athletes <laughs> and I was paid for it. So oh my god. <laughs> I earned some money from it. I'm gonna join UTS, I uh, think. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so uh, do you have any social media pages you wanna plug? Now's the time. Well, Athletics New South Wales, if you yeah. don't follow that already. Um, Get on it. Bankstown Athletics Club. Yes. Matt Whitbread. My massive social media following. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, you've got a photo up there with you and uh, Matt Centrowitz and um, uh, uh, Yeah, Josh Johnson. <laughs> that's one of the funnier photos, actually. One, so one of the three of us has a shirt on yeah. and um, <laughs> the it's probably the right one that's got the shirt <laughs> on. <so. laughs> um, yeah, Centro out here. Um, no, mate, yeah, I think, you know, Thank you again, well, one, for having us, but also just thank you to the, the membership for, you know, understanding that it's a, a pretty difficult year and we're doing the best we can. And, you know, as soon as there's something we're able to tell you, we'll be telling you. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I, I'm optimistic that it'll be in the next week or so. Yeah, mm -hmm. sweet. I'll All ask right. you for the inside scoop after this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's, the, what's your Instagram for your photography, Izzy? Uh, ITB Pro. So, yeah, yeah just ITB PRO and, um, yeah. Like yep. that's, that's We've all got James's Insta as well. We're all good. We'll put that up there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, all the links to the sponsors are in the description. And, yeah, thanks for joining us. No, Pleasure. Thanks, thanks for having us. Thanks, guys. This is awesome. See you.